Good day, everybody. Welcome to the Got Brain podcast presented by Cognitivology, where we will continuously discuss and present in detail the mechanics of intuitive intelligence that are built on our inborn basic intuition. Plus, we will also be presenting the true mechanics and virtues of diversification. Now, you may be pondering, what do these two things have in common? And this is something we will continue to present and unfold for you about the significant connection between these two facets of our human potential. I would like to introduce myself. I am Carla Mencken-Wolf and also my wonderful best friend and editor, Bryce Conway. And she's going to say something. What would you like to say? Hi, everybody. My name is Bryce Conway, as Carla Mencken-Wolf had just said. Uh, I wanted to say that we are, in fact, the mechanics of intuition and diversification. I hope you guys enjoy uh, our presentation and stick around for others. Uh, we, we welcome all comments and questions. Um, we will try to answer them all throughout the next couple of weeks or months, and hopefully on this journey of brain potential the discovery you guys will learn something um this information is only uh was developed by us and only can be presented by cognitivologists which is what we are and we also hope to learn something from you as we from all of you in our audience as we learn about the questions and inquiries you have about true human brain potential or the genuine, bona fide, authentic potentialities of what our brain has intended us to be and become in all of our commonality and our uniqueness. Hello. Am I supposed to say hello? You are supposed to say hello. Okay. Hello. Well, that was awfully timid. <laughs> I know. I know. You're in a funky mood today. I'm a li- in a little bit of a funky mood today. Yes, I am. Because you look really frustrated. Why are you frustrated? I'm a little bit frustrated. I had a rather strange run-in with a parent yesterday. I mean, it started when I noticed that he was with his wife and his two kids. One of them was very small in a, in a you know, you know. In carriage, mm-hmm. and um, and I heard him saying to the mom about the baby, the, in a very serious manner, like this kid is out of control. I mean, the kid can't be more than six months old. Like I wanted to yell at the guy. <laughs> what is your kid so out of control? It's like you had this baby. You're supposed to be taking care of it because she goes wah wah wah. I need some food. She's out of control. Like, what is going through your mind right now? Anyway, I ended up in a conversation with them. Okay. And then, of course, you know, one thing led to another. And I talked about brain development. And I mentioned, you know, how the four-year-old stage is so significant. And, and of course, he had to go, you know, well, you've got a psychology degree, neuroscience. Where you, and, like, there's no information, extensive information about the four-year-old brain. 
Um, you know, he goes, but it's got to be out there. And I'm like, is, you really think so? Because I've been looking for 30 years. And um, there's very little out there. And over the last 30 years, it, I've seen one extra piece of information about one extra resource, one book. Now, maybe they're out there, but one... Well, they are now, because you wrote them. Well, yeah, there's the ones that I wrote, <laughs> but but it, other than the stuff that I've put out there. So there, there was one on cognitive development, and, um, and I read the description, but uh, one... One more, and, uh, and and there might be a few others, and I've missed them. But my point is that the four-year-old brain, as we've been saying all along on this podcast and in our books, is the most significant stage in human intuitive cognitive development, which is the real description for full human brain potential and how our brain should be working at full capacity. And when I say full capacity, we know the biological all parts of the brain are participating involved yes of course all the whole brain we use the whole brain in cognitive processing but the question is are we using all of the cognitive capacity in our thinking and feeling cognitive processes and the answer to that is definitely uh uh (laughs) You know, and it, an affirmative negative, <laughs> because if we were using our full cognitive capacity, um, then the world would be operating differently. Yes. Because a lot of the stuff that happens in the world today is unfathomable to the hardwired system of the human brain, which it's 100% hardwired for compassion, optimism, truth, trust. We've gone over the cocktail code many times. And if you look at a lot of the things, yes, there's a lot of people doing a lot of wonderful things and innovation and collaboration and trying to restore the earth and all that. But there's still a lot of, we could say, let's say, there's still a lot of doo-doo going on around. Sure. Okay. And in conjunction with how the brain really works, none of that doo-doo should be going on anywhere. Right. Because it's really unfathomable to the human brain. So if the four-year-old brain is endemic and most fundamentally essential to the consummation of the first five years of brain development which makes up 90% of what people should be more adamantly and urgently involved in understanding and people treat it so frivolous frivolously (laughs) frivolously frivolously and um, and that Yes, is a a line of extreme frustration for me because, you know, we were put on a perfect planet that we broke. Yes. And we're born with perfect brains that we also break. Right. Okay. We were never put on a broken planet where animals and living systems and flowers and plants and trees have had to repair the planet so that we can then thrive to live on it. Right. Right. It was in, you know, everything about the planet, its distance, its exact distance from the sun, its axis, 
and the size of the moon that we have, the particular type of sun that we have. So the same is with humans when they're born. They're in a position to be properly fostered. And so that that brain can work to full capacity. Right. Right. Because it takes the volitional input of humans. That's the one difference. It's still in accordance with the fundamental laws of the universe. But to have this long period of time in which our cognition can actually be engaged in in a slow process of learning so that other things can be thrown into the mix. Right? So at, at like a three-month-old monkey can, if you hide something in a box that they want, they'll just go, oh, let me take that lid off there and take that thing out that he hid in there. What is the thing? I'm stupid or something? Right? There's, you can actually watch footage on this thing. But you right. do that with a three-month-old human and they suddenly go, Oh, peekaboo, where did it go? Right. Like they're they're clueless about it. And it's because there's there there needs to be more of an, an involvement. They have a slower cognitive we have a slower cognitive process. And all and most animals are born with fully developed neuronets. Right. So we've talked about this we before. Have. Or near fully developed. So whatever development they still have is happens very quickly and Mostly we're talking about mammals particularly, and then that is usually set by the end of the um, milking stage, you could say, and mm-hmm. there might be a little bit more time after that. But essentially, like in primates, you know, the brain development at, at the most at seven years of age, that 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 little factory is closed up. It's, right. it's done. It's done. Everything's everything's there. And it's also the way that our skull develops. There's all of these things that attribute to the way that uh, children's cognitive development is given a chance to really absorb so much knowledge Mm -hmm. and the way the brain is structured and the way that our intuition stays behind rather than being totally intact like other living systems, which is just set instinct, impulse, intuition. Where it, it's, it purposely lags behind instead of being instantly. There's, there's a, there is a fundamental instant, um, innate instant intuitional platform in there. But the increments of higher intuitive intelligence that can keep growing with humans, some limited, it keeps going. It, 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 it's sort of a step ahead and a step behind the cognitive processing at the time. Okay. Okay. So that's one way of explaining the, the quantum human brain, right? That there's the intuition goes a step ahead and also stays a step behind mm-hmm. um, because it's transcendent of time and space, right? So it picks up the pieces that lie behind when it goes along. If we're doing cognition the right way, and then it also steps ahead because it's there to allow young children to ma- maintain that flexibility where they can just absorb and learn something so quickly and so instantly. Right. So it's it's almost, I mean, it's a poor analogy to say that it's like a bubble around the cognitive process, which entails many different functions, but they're all operating 
like their one function, but they're, it's like, um, it's like a spiny fish <laughs> with each of the, say each of the spines do something different for some reason. That's another bad analogy, but I'm trying to create a picture here, but, um, I like that one better than the bubble. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, right. Or yeah. Or, or even like the snowflake we talk about with the six points. I well, mean, it, it holds the, 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 the snowflake together, but every snowflake has a different pattern. Yes. None are replicable. And, but those six points need to be there to hold the flake together, regardless of what the pattern is inside the snowflake. So you, you could almost, um, parallel that with, um, but anyway, along the way, we'll come up with better parallels when I'm thinking about them. And that's the focus. I can come up with them. We've certainly written everything that we can about them. And, um, but uh, I think that uh, what, what what are your immediate feelings just for the moment before I say the next thing that I'm going to say that would be significant in the four-year-old brain and why it's so important? You know, um, did you have an idea I... <laughs> about something? You had, I could see the idea on your face a few minutes ago. It was still rambling on as usual. <laughs> Sometimes, unfortunately, as those rambles continue, I'm still trying to follow what you're saying. So um, the idea that was in my head is now, you know, has moved on. Um, but since, again, you are the, la- you know, cognitive biology is the laser focus uh, for the advocation of the four-year-old brain, the three to the three and a half to five and a half year old brain, um, and knowing that that stage of development will only be present during that time. It's so disheartening uh, as a parent and seeing other parents who struggle with the thought that the, the only part of childhood that they, during that time is just keeping them alive. That's, that's their main focus. I just have to keep them alive. They have to get, they have to stay alive until this other portion of their life comes through or comes in, um, without really, uh, really appreciating, um, the, the uniqueness and specialness, specialness of the three and a half to five and a half year old brain. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, I think that, so that it, so that we can put some rigor on what it is that we're trying to convey today. Um, I'm going to go along with one particular, uh, what I believe should be a requirement for all parents and preschool teachers. It's just to give one aspect of how we can, how parents and teachers can put some more laser focus on what it is that needs to be done for children that will add a super dimension to their development at that time, even if you know, there's so many things that are missed in terms of the four-year-old brain's development, especially the multi-dimensional sensory and kids still have perfect pitch and the, ver- the variety of lessons that can be done with frequencies and pitch itself, um, resonances and the way they pick up. And also some of, there are some studies out there and, I think the most significant of the few studies that have been done is that four-year-olds 
are 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 are, are in, in the professional community are getting to be known as being smarter than most adults, that, that they're better problem solvers than adults are. Mm-hmm. And this was only recently starting to be recognized. So some of the studies, the few studies that are going into uh, how four-year-olds learn are being based on observations and seeing how they solve problems. And the neuroscience community is being a little bit shocked as to how four-year-olds solve problems, something that they had missed before. Right. And... A lot of the reason why they're able to solve problems better than adults is because all cognitive functions are present. Did I say all cognitive functions? I want that to be clear. The only time when all cognitive functions are present in the same place at the same time, doing the same thing at the database level. Okay. So, um, uh, it's, it's, when I when we have said, and I, I still would like to see somebody else say it, but I believe I am pretty certain that I'm going to go ahead and say, I am the only one in the world saying that your four-year-old's brain is going to matter most significantly when your kid becomes a teenager. Now, somebody else out there is saying that in the very distinct ways that we've said it, that I've written in the books, then I would like to see that. But I know that I went to town on that particular aspect. And I think now... That is what they're seeing. Now, I think it will take neuroscience a little while to say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is going to have, you know, a, a significant influence on the way their teen brain works. And I've spoken to a lot of teens lately, and they also all agree, even the ones that have really good relationships with their parents. And I may have said this earlier also, or last week or the week before or whenever, but... Um, they say, yeah, but the problem is, yeah, even someone like myself, a teen boy said to me, has a really good relationship with my parents. But this still, when we get guidance about, you know, how to have better communication with the parents, it's really still based on what the parents want us to do. Yes. Rather than them <clears throat> hearing out what's going through our hearts or our heads. Yes. You know, they want to keep us on a certain track. Mm-hmm. And, um... And, you know, the, the, the frightening part is always when does that time come where I stop actually confiding in them or speaking to them and just going, yeah, yeah, okay, mom, yeah, it's just, it's just going to be another, what, maybe another 10 minutes before I'm 18 and I can move out. So, you know, I love you and, and thank you for all you've done for me. I've had a nice childhood, but, you know, here on in, uh, it, you know, the, the game changes, you know. Or whatever it is that's um, going through their head. So we do want to appeal to the, we really want to start communicating with the team brain because we want to help them understand what's really going on rather than as all of them have told me wherever I've spoken to them, that they agree that the only thing they get taught in school through these new psychology courses that they're being taught is that, you know, yes, you, you have a hard time making decisions because your prefrontal cortex is still developing and you've got raging hormones. But I said, does that, and I asked one particular teenager, I said, is that explaining to you what your brain is really doing? He goes, absolutely not. Now he said, they're not. I'm telling you what he said. He said, absolutely not. And I said, do you feel that it would be vital or important for you to actually understand what's going on with the brain? And he said, yes. And I said, do you think it's vital and important to know, just to know for reference purposes only, or for reverence purposes, how your brain at four years old influences, or how when your parents spoke to you then is influencing the way you're developing now? Would that 
give you at least some enlightenment as to how and why and you you may be going through what you're going through now um or how and why you can make better decisions um even though your parents may trust you or give you a lot of latitude and things that do you feel that that would help you understand something more about yourself because that part of you was limited to just sort of a b c and one two three and he said like i i, I so wish i could Somebody has said this to me before. And they all end up saying the same exact thing. So I'm telling people out there right now, I'm telling you what's going through your teen's brain. And if you think they're going to tell you this, uh, then maybe one of you out there is a teen that says that. But uh, this well, is what I hear yeah, teens but telling but me. To be fair, the people who are listening to this may really have... Be the ones who have yeah, actually exactly. got... <laughs> Since there are six people actually listening to it, no, there's more than six of you. But, you know, <laughs> right now I can say there's at least six people who have downloaded all of our uh, all of our podcasts. So you you guys probably have teens that, if you do have teen kids, you, have, you will have teens that tell you. Right. You know. So if we were to give... Parents, one tool now of three, four, and five-year-olds, okay? Um, other than the hundreds of other tools that this podcast has actually given them. Sure. Them under, right. if, if we're going to drive the one home today. Right. We're going to try this home. And we did mention it at one point as one of the tools, but I'm going to drive it home today because we want it to do more than just signify a laser focus on how to really connect with your four-year-old. But we also wanted to change the adult's cognition to some degree. Yes. Okay. So the number one tool is before you go and get your morning coffee tomorrow at wherever it is you get it, go straight to the, 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 the local pharmacy or wherever it is that you go and get your kids' school supplies. Buy yourself a notebook. In fact, if you have three kids, buy three notebooks because you're going to, even if you have your other kids are seven years old, nine years old, whatever. Okay. And at least two nights a week, instead of reading them a story, you're going to take dictation from them. But if you have preschool, you're definitely going to do this more than once a week or twice a week. You're going to do this for, I would say, five minutes every day before bed. And they can have, if whatever, is you have, you have normally two stories that you read them or just one story. But the more important thing, I know you think it's important for you to read the story. And here we are talking about diversifying. But is the story that you read them from a book more important than the story they have to tell you about themselves? About one incident in the day. About what they're thinking and feeling right at that very moment. Or even if it's about their favorite book. And you write down what they say in that book, word for word. And in the front of the book, you put, this is Jacob's book, or this is Sally's book, Sally's journal. Because they're still learning to read and write, but they need to see their words, their feelings, their thoughts in writing to give real purpose to literacy development. 
What is their story? How is their story? And you write it down exactly as they say it. Okay? If they call that new toy that you gave them a thingamabob, then you're going to write that down. If they used uh, an irregular verb with a regular tensed way of saying it, if they say, I runned all the way around the playground today a hundred times, then you write runned. Okay? You write what they say word for word, and then you read it back to them. And then you ask them to sign the bottom and put the date. Okay? Whatever way they want to sign it, scribble or whatever. This will change the way you and your child communicate. This will change, this will deepen your bond. You may dislike it. At first, it might be a little bit uncomfortable, but kids always, especially when you tell back the story. Okay. And, um, if they had a difficulty at school, and a lot of times, you know, the kid gets out of school at the end of the day, how was your day? Okay. Whatever. And your parents constantly complain that they know nothing about what happened in their kid's day. So when you take out a notebook and you write down word for word what it is they say, this changes the dynamics. And so there's so many more parts to preschool brain development. And if people understood, they would be like, they they would literally, I think, I, I'm unsure, pass out or be stunned or be shocked or, or go into whatever, you know. Uh, but we will end with that and um, we can pick up more on it. But if you do... If you do nothing else, if you think you're doing a fine job, then I'm telling you right now, you can do a much finer job if you're doing dictation. Anyone who is missing the opportunity to take dictation from their kids, I'm just going to say straight out, you're missing out on your child's, on your four-year-old's true brain development. Okay, this can take care of so many areas. So please do that if nothing else Please do that, and please know that it is more important than reading them a storybook because their story has to be more important to you than anything else. If you truly love them as much as you proclaim you love them, then you have to love their brain development. That's my take on it. And um, and we'd love to hear back from you, whether you want to judge me or criticize me or yell at me, whatever it is you want to do. Let's thank or thank or thank me, but let's open up the conversation so that your child is getting the best out of real intuitive cognitive brain development. Please talk to us. On that note, have a great day. Yes. (laughs) Bye.